Crime Curious is a true crime podcast that takes an in-depth look into real cases. The content may be triggering or inappropriate for some audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Welcome to Crime Curious. I'm Charnel. And I'm Amber. And today we have, for you, it is actually still a Father's Day case, isn't it? It is. I mean, we're a week out from Father's Day now, but I feel like you but found a good a one. Dad case. still Yeah, still he good really for sucks. it. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Tell us more about your shitty dad case. So, <laughs> so this dad actually comes to us from our own home state. Of Michigan. No kidding. Okay. I wish it was like, yay, Michigan, but it's not. It's one of those. Case. Wish we could have kept oh. this a secret. Okay. I feel like I've had people coming up in Michigan lately. Like our, my last one ended up in Michigan. Yes, it did. Yeah. So well, we're a great state, though, come guys. Michigan? Come, come we visit are. us. The lakes are beautiful. <laughs> Pure Michigan is a real thing. It's it is. Just like any other state, though, we've got the good and we've got we the got, shitty. We've got the doozies, too. And mm-hmm. this, this man is. Uh, a doozy. To I say like the least. it when we cover Michigan cases, though, so that we can actually know how to pronounce all the cities and towns. Because yes. I know that I butcher other places every day on this podcast. Yeah. But yeah. He, when we cover a Michigan case, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's Muskegon, guys, <laughs> not Muskegon. <laughs> I was listening Sheboygan. to Sheboygan. Sheboygan's yeah. one of my favorite ones. The to other say. day, I was listening to a podcast and they um, pronounced Muskegon Muskegon, oh, and I was like, "Oh, you're so cute. That's, that's exactly adorable. how I sound when I'm trying to pronounce something from North Dakota yes. or whatever." Yeah. Yes, I totally get it. So, okay, so this case, I'm going to tell you right up front, it's about a man that murders his family twice. Hold on. I know you're thinking, Amber, did you say he murders Does he resurrect them? Is this witchcraft and then just to murder them again? Or he moves on? So, unfortunately, this is a case where this man commits murder and he is able to do it again. So. Oh, my gosh. We're going to talk about the the details of that. Um, It's one of those things where you're like, how did this happen? How did this happen once? But let alone Twice. Twice. And so it's really, it's a mind-blowing case to me. That's why I decided to cover it. I will give you a heads up. There's not a lot of details about this case out there. So I was kind of like. So maybe Michigan did try to keep this a secret. (laughs) Maybe they did. Well, not anymore. like a whoopsie, (laughs) our bad. It was in the news, but I feel like it wasn't like in the news the way it should have been. And sometimes we can really find a lot of detail and court records and things like that. And other times there, you just can't. You just can't. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, I have, I've got the, the gist of it for you, but um, I apologize. I don't have a lot of the. It'll be skinny, not robust. It's skin. It is skinny, um, okay. but it's skinny and robust though. There's oh. a lot. So the details that there are here are good details. There's a, there's a lot, but it's, you know, those things about like his history. Mm-hmm. Those are the things where I was like, I need more. I want, I feel like there should be more out there because he did this. Right. Twice. twice. And habitual. Yeah. But not a lot of history on him. And that's, I'm going to start out with that. Just giving you the basic stuff that I know. 
Um, so this man's name is Gregory Green. Did I say that already? You haven't, okay. but I was patiently waiting for it. We're th- three and a half minutes in. Yeah. So <laughs> thanks for that. Making you wait for it. Greg, good old Greg Gregory Green. Green. Mm-hmm. He was born December 10th, 1966. And from what I could find, what I could gather, his family seemed like a pretty loving, decent no shit. family. They went to church regularly. They attended service. It sounds like they were really big into church. They had a big church family. Mm. Um, Couldn't find a lot on his parents. I know he did have a sibling, and that's about all that I could find. So Maybe because it's just pretty unremarkable. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when we can find a significant background, there's a lot of abuse, a lot of trauma, and that's why it's out there is because... And that's the part I wanted to know. Like, okay, obviously something happened with this man at some point to get him, you know, to where he ended up. But I couldn't find anything. I don't know if he had uh, abuse in his childhood. I don't know if there was closet abuse. I don't know if there was bullying or, you know, something that that happened. Um, I couldn't find Traumatic brain injury. Yeah, yeah, something. But I couldn't really find that information, so... Okay. Those are the things where I'm like, I feel like that stuff needs to be revealed someday. Yeah. Because of the lack of details, I'm going to fast forward to when Gregory was in his early 20s, and he meets a soon-to-be wife, LaTanya, who also went by Tanya. Oh, okay. Um, And this was in 1990. And LaTanya had two children at the time already that lived with her. Again, there's not many details about the relationship between Gregory and Latanya other than I think it started out obviously well, but things kind of changed um I think quickly into the relationship and she started to notice some different things with Gregory um change in behaviors. As you say behavior wise, okay. Uh, it sounds like maybe he was on some substances oh. and you know started to act differently. They were fighting. I suspect there was some violence, although I couldn't find specifics about that. Um, Just given the nature of what ends up happening, I'm suspecting there was violence that started to happen in some way. So Gregory and LaTanya, they did end up getting married, and she becomes pregnant with his first child. Okay. So she is pregnant, but again, as I mentioned, she's starting to notice these changes with him. And so even midway through the pregnancy, she starts questioning if she wanted to stay in the relationship. Oh, okay. And so she ended up confiding in a friend that she really was thinking about leaving him and because of the changes that she had seen. And she does make the decision that she's she does not want to stay with oh, him. Wow. Okay. So she I can see why you're like, oh, I think there was probably something yes. physical going on here. Yeah, I do think that there was some kind of there had to have been, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but she does decide, I, I do want to leave this relationship. And so she makes the decision that she's going to pack a bag. She's going to go to church and then she's going to leave him the next, that day wow. after church. Okay. And so, and that, the secretiveness of it too yeah. made me wonder, obviously there's something going, going on where she couldn't tell him I want to leave. I couldn't, you know, I'm not yes. going to tell him I want yes. to end this. I'm, yep. I'm fleeing. That definitely points to some battering. Mm-hmm. So, unfortunately, that day did not come for LaTanya. Um, She ended up, I believe he found out, like, prior to church happening. She didn't make it to church. Oh. And on July 14th, 1991, Gregory stabbed his six-month pregnant wife, 
Oh. In the face, in the chest, and in the back, and the neck. Oh, my gosh. So, sadly, LaTanya did not survive these injuries, and she and the baby both did not make it. Oh. And so, after stabbing his wife. His pregnant wife. His pregnant wife multiple times, he calmly calls 911, tells them what he did, and sits and waits for them very calmly to get there. Wow. Right? That's almost scarier than the act itself. I thought so, too. I thought that that was a, a very just eerie twist to what he very did. Eerie. He very violently murders her yeah, and the stab- baby. Stabbing is a very personal violence. It is, act. and it's it's the one that I, I feel like I struggle with the most just because it's so brutal. Yeah. And, you know, between that and strangling, mm-hmm. because the the amount of time it takes to actually in physical force to strangle yeah. someone, and, yeah, is and they're very so close, to, and yeah, personal. Mm-hmm. So I I agree. It's it's just a such a violent, horrific act, and he didn't deny it. He didn't try to put up a fight. He's like, yes, I did this, and this is where we're at. The police arrive, and he's like, she's in there. The knife is on top of the fridge. You know, top of the fridge of all the places. Yeah. He put the weapon there. I mean, everything was right there for the police. They arrive at this horrific scene. Cut and dry. Be hard for them to screw this investigation up. Uh, Right. So he just, he, he sat there and waited. And the part that breaks my heart is that Latanya's children. Yeah, I was going to ask. One of them. Now I found some conflicting information. I did read that they were both home. And then I also read that it was only one of them that was home and the other one was not there. They were not harmed, but either one or both hid in the closet during this. And, you know, I can't imagine what they heard, what they went through. Yes. Because at least one of them was present when their mother was murdered. That just hurt my heart. That's horrible. After murdering his pregnant wife, he called the police. You know, it was a pretty cut and dry, like, okay, we're arresting you. Um, Gregory is charged with second degree murder. Second degree? Correct. And this is the part two where I was trying to find, like, why? I don't know if... Because they thought it was, like, a crime of passion instead of premeditated? Possibly. It it sounds like there was a fight, and I will will kind of get to... um, He essentially blames her, it sounds like, for... Gag me. So I don't know if there was a big, you know, domestic dispute beforehand. Those details I, again, could not find um, as to what happened. You know, did did he find out... And attack her. Did she end up telling him she was leaving right. then and a fight broke out? I'm not really sure. It breaks my heart for what the kids had to have heard during yeah. this time. But so second degree murder was the charge that they they ended up I'm sure giving that him. had to have been because of the premeditation. It could have been. Lack of. It could have been. And so he he did try to claim insanity during that time and mm-hmm. say that he was not mentally right or mentally stable, but it didn't work. Um, they did evaluate him at the time, and they okay. found him to be mentally sane and sound to stand trial, so he did. And so he did end up getting sentenced to 15 to 20 years in prison. Okay. That one was hard for me to that swallow. I just... It, it, that one hurt. hurt me. I clenched my butt a little bit when you said that Same. one. Same. It, it is a clencher. Like, uh, so if anyone else out there is clenching, it's very normal. It. It's, it's normal. very normal. There's nothing wrong with you. So, yeah, when I read that, I was like, uh, uh, okay, Wow. Of course, this is the early 90s. 
I I do know a lot of murderers. I mean, I don't. Hold on. <laughs> don't pause your podcast right there where Charnel just said questions. she knows a lot of murderers. <laughs> I bet I know of a lot of cases, though, that for murder of one singular act like that, 15 to 20. 15 to 20. Now that you mention it, I'm thinking of a couple, too. Mm-hmm. So that like, could have been a standard, especially right. if there was, like, a fight that broke out. And, like you said, it wasn't premeditated. It was, I, I don't know. Just a couple of days ago, I was thinking about an early CPS case that I had where a child died. And I realized, I was counting backwards, and I realized with the years that he only got 15 years. And he'll be oh. out within the next four. Wow. And I was just like, Wait a minute. Holy shit. It's hard to, for me to grasp that when you take someone's life. Mm-hmm. That you still get to you live still, a life. Yeah. I mean, honestly, if you're young. And I don't mean like the capital punishment way. That's exactly it. I mean like you serve your time and then you still get to live your life outside of prison. Like it's, oh, it's so hard to it swallow. It is. It's really hard. Yeah. If you're 20 and you go in and you get 15 to 20 years, you but still just, have a life. I don't understand some of these people that have more petty crimes and they're getting the yes, same yes, sentencing. I, I agree. For taking someone's life. This isn't. Mm, mm, I agree so much. So obviously relatives of Latanya were <laughs> devastated with the sentencing. Oh, yeah. It was on the lighter side. And also nothing was taken into consideration for the fact that he killed his unborn child. Right. Because it's not technically a life because it wasn't born. Yeah, yeah, I've heard it all before ish. Yeah. Gives me And so you're right, a that probably ache. was not considered mm-hmm. in this whole case. Right. Of what happened. Right. It was just for Latanya's murder. Now, it is important to know that Gregory's family and his church family stood by him this entire time. I really want to know, because I'm going to read you some stuff here in a minute. I really want to know what he told them about what happened because they were by his side. I'm sure it was a tale of self-defense, Amber. That's It had to have been because they really believed in him. They really advocated for him. Members of the church wrote letters to the oh parole board. Oh, my gosh. The pastor, which we'll get to in a minute, very huge advocate for him. Gregory's mother wrote letters. And okay. I'm going to read mom, you. mom, I get it. A mother's okay. love. Right, right, right. A There's no love. bounds on a mother's love. So I'm going to um, read you some snippets uh, of some of the letters that were written okay. to advocate for Gregory during this time that he was in prison. Okay. So one of the letters that this was from Gregory's mother, whose name is Tommy Lee Green. His mom's name is Tommy Lee. It is. Okay. So I'll just leave that hanging in the air. <laughs> we'll just leave that right there for you. <laughs> so Tommy Lee stated in her letter. It's hard to leave that low hanging fruit right there. But all right. I know. I saw that too. I was like, oh, Tommy Lee. Interesting. Let's just call her Tom. We can, we can call her Tom. So she stated in her letter, I don't believe that Gregory is a threat to society. I don't believe a long sentence will make him any better because he has suffered already and he will continue to suffer for the rest of his life. I hope that you will find it in your heart to give Gregory a second chance at a new life. Chew on that for a second. I'd rather not. It tastes very bitter. This is the one that got me when I read it. Um, This one is from Barbara Prentice, who worked for the Michigan Department of Corrections. She wrote this to the judge. Your Honor, I know that Gregory is not a criminal, nor is he a threat to society. On the contrary, he is a very productive member and a positive 
contributor to society. Barbara, who are you? Bitch, please. Like, what? what? Where did Where you come are you from? at, Barbara? Are like, you Are you a lunch lady at the prison that is making eyes at this guy? I just I'm blown away. I know he's not a criminal. Well, your your first sentence, you're already wrong because he is a criminal and he admitted to it when yeah. he stabbed his pregnant wife repeatedly. Then didn't even try to hide it. Yeah. Like he's like I, I did it. I love how he is open about, yeah, I totally did this. I'm you know, whoops, my bad. Like, you know what kind of... And everyone else around him is just like, oh, poor Gregory, let's stand behind you. This isn't a case where it's like, well, did he or didn't he? He did it. Because, right, like I get it when there's advocates for people because we don't know 100%, you know, if the evidence doesn't match yeah. up and we have some questions and a community rallies behind someone. All right, I can understand that a little bit better. But this dude is like, hey, the knife, it's on the fridge. Go into the kitchen. She's in there. Yep, she's in there. I just been sitting here eating eating a bagel, waiting for you guys. <laughs> I bet he was eating a bagel, yeah, too. Yeah, I don't know why. Probably was, with no butter. Yeah, it was a plain dry, dry bagel. very dry. Because no soul. Right, bagel. That's what people with no soul do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> My son actually eats them that way. But um, <sighs> That's funny. But, also a little weird. You know, right? He is very plain Jane. Very. But, you know, you know what I mean? Like you've got all these all these people writing these letters like, oh, he's no criminal. Hold on, guys. He himself called the police and was like, I totally just killed my wife and unborn child. So I'm gonna wait for you. I'll be here waiting. I'm gonna be on the front porch sitting here yeah. with my bagel. Right. He my has sesame a bagel now. seed bagel. He now has a bagel in his hand in my story. Right. But. So so what and who is Bar- like does the judge read this and be like well barb from the mdoc yeah you know what you're talking about like, clearly oh, it's, bar- it's, it's barb. barb it's fine we must let him go if barb says he's an upstanding she citizen. says he's fine so the other part that i i was thinking as i'm doing this as i'm reading these I'm sensing some narcissistic undertones here. Oh, with the the victim. He's the victim. Certainly. He's got this. He's got these the crew certainly that support him, which actually would not be a far fetch from some domestic violence situation. Uh, yeah, know, and then. so I never found that diagnosis. I don't want to pretend to be an expert, but I'm just like I was like picking up the undertones of of this because I'm like, how did he get these people to advocate for him so? Strongly. And, and people will believe what they want to believe, but if you don't educate yourself, somebody who was stabbed in the face, neck, chest, and back. That is not an accident. That's not self-defense. No, no. That is not something that you're like, oops, I've overreacted. Like, that is a yeah. violent, horrific act. No, yeah. It's so. multiple times. One time is like, I, I'm sorry, we were struggling and I, you know, whatever. I, yeah. I could believe that a little bit more, but multiple times. Multiple times. times. And she's pregnant. And, yeah. you know, it was I'm actually fatal. surprised that he didn't get more on the insanity part for this just because of the way he was cool, cool calm, and collected and called. I agree. That that really surprises Cause me. Because it, it just adds this very eerie twist to the whole thing. Yeah. He was able to sit down calmly, didn't try to lie about it. But I guess at the same token, if it's a true psychotic break, there would be other you know, behaviors mm-hmm. to immediately afterwards that would allude to that. True. So just such a, that's why, you know, you just don't hear of that happening you often, but our man Gregory here, he did good old Gregory. He was honest. So another letter that Gregory's sister wrote to the, the parole board stated over the years, Greg has become closer to the Lord and he reads his word daily. Mm. 
I believe this is what has helped Greg through this trying time. So he got close to the Lord. He got close prison. to the Lord in prison. <laughs> and it, Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, Don't they freaking all. Also, he was raised very Christian. So He was. I mean. So that was probably very meaningful to the family that he was reestablishing this relationship in prison with with the Lord. Sure. And I'm sure that that was yeah, a big thing else. to them and the church family. Right. So Greg's pastor, Fred Harris, was probably the biggest advocate for him. I, Fred, have, I have issues with that. Yeah. Fred was a civil rights activist, and his passion was doing this prison ministry. So he already had this, like, passion for, you know, people change. Saving prisoners. Sa- yes. Okay. I, they're they're saved. I'm going to lead God's them to the Lord. The yes. I, so I feel like that was a component from the beginning. And he al- already knew Fred, or I'm sorry, he already knew Greg before the mm-hmm. the murder happened. Mm-hmm. So he was very much. But you know, know what bothers me about that? If he knew, if he knew Greg before, then he more than likely knew Greg's wife as well. Yeah. And so what about her? You're advocating for this man and writing letters for this man who committed, in what in my mind, the ultimate sin mm-hmm. of taking someone's life and a baby as well. Mm-hmm. That's why when I read these, because I, I mean, gosh, I'd love to see some of some of this advocacy for some of our victims that didn't do it right or, you know the right exactly that actually didn't wrongfully accused the or there's some pretty sketchy evidence but greg's over here like yep i did I it did and everyone's it. And like, like he's oh, he can change come on you know he's close with the with jesus yes. christ has saved the, him the lord the has lord. changed him and he i'm not knocking tell. anybody's religion i'm not of course not but that's a lot of what but was going on yes here. when he's like the one being like yeah guys i'm pretty shady and now Yep. Now it's okay. I expect his family to write letters of, of advocacy the, for him. The mother, of course. I, I get it. The um, sister, maybe too. But, well, I don't know. Like You're like, no, I got a brother. And if he done killed his wife, I'm not right. Yeah. He's on his own. <laughs> Dustin, do you hear that? <laughs> Best luck to you, but I'm not right. writing a letter for you. No. Um, <laughs> so, Fred, this is what Fred wrote uh, to the parole board uh, advocating for Gregory. He said, Gregory and I were friends before his mishap and before he was incarcerated. He was a member of our church. I feel he has paid for his unfortunate lack of self-control and the damage he has caused as much as possible. And he is sorry. If he was to be released, he would be welcomed as part of our church community. And whatever we could do to help him adjust, we would. Can I point out that a pastor called the murder of a woman and her unborn baby a mishap? Just a little... Little mishap, that little his blip. lack of self control, little blip in his history. That one, that one oh, was you mean hard the for me. Murder, the brutal murder of a woman because mm-hmm. she was trying to get away from a man. Yeah, the, I just feel like the <sighs> the downplay, the minimizing. Mm-hmm. That one was hard for me to read. I was like, wow, really? Oh, I'm sorry. I think somebody maybe needs to look into the past of Pastor Fred. Yeah, <laughs> there mishaps Where are you there? from, Fred? Fred. So this is here's the other kicker. I, I have to mention this. Despite these letters coming in from the family, from the church members about how wonderful Gregory is, how much he's changed, he tried to get parole four times and he was denied because it was apparent 
the lack of remorse that he had <laughs> for the murder that he committed. Wow. And the the people in the prison in the parole board could see that, but his own you know, yes. all these people that wanted to support him and make them part of their cause, essentially, because that's what I kind of feel like Pastor Fred is doing, is more about him and his cause than about you know, actual that you, Greg. Now that you mentioned that, it's, that does, that's a good point, that it might have been that, like, we're, we're rehabilitating yeah. here. Because this is what I do. The Lord is working. This is that, my passion. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know, I didn't think of that, but that, you, that could be, that the, he was more wrapped up in, like, what he was doing and wanting to... Wanting Gregory to be that example yeah. that he was able to change, help change him, and get him out, and yes, and so. then and then feed, look at what I did. Mm-hmm. Look at I rehabilitated Greg Green. Yep, church starts at ten a ten a.m. on That's Sunday. Right. I expect to see you. Also, <laughs> yep. here's the till. Yeah, right. I expect to see 10% of your paycheck in there, sir. Yep. So you, you, that's a good point. Um, so four times he he tried, he was denied, and. It was apparent the lack of empathy, the lack of accountability. He continued to blame Latanya for the situation. So despite I hate the letters, it when I stab myself in the face multiple right. times. Right. Jesus. So it, they obviously saw that, okay, this man's not really sorry for what he did, and they denied him four times. Finally, Gregory does manage to get parole on of his course. fifth try. Okay. So at that time, the parole board gathered they had all of the letters that people had written. They looked back at his history in prison. He really was the ideal prison inmate. Mm-hmm. Um, Not causing any problems. No problems. He he had done some educational courses. He worked, you know, in prison. He had one mishap, a, a fight over the TV that happened, like, early on. Sure, I, I get I, it. I get it. I get it. Um, but that was it. There was like a write up for that fighting incident. Okay, so it wasn't even anything violent. It wasn't anything super major. So they they're looking at that. They're like, well, he hasn't really exhibited these behaviors again. I mean, it no, kind of sounds like sorry, my, my but... kindergarten record. <laughs> you know, like there was a fight in the sandbox over a shovel. Yeah. Other than that, spotless. She's good. Yep. yep. So they decide that they are going to grant him the parole on this fifth try. How long um, did he end up serving? He was in there for 16 years total. So, I mean, he didn't, it it wasn't a total. The justice system did make him serve a majority of the time that he. I will say that, yes. He got 15 to 20. He did serve 16. 16. Um, The church had had reassured that if he were to be let out, that he would have a job lined up. His family also, like, his family was like, he can come home. He's got a job there's, ready. There's a real rehabilitation plan that was probably yep. more secure than a so lot I, of others. So I kind of get it. They're like, well, he's got a place to go. He has a job lined up. He has this church community that's like, oh, my God, Gregory, you're so great. Mm-hmm. And we're, they're going to, you know, help him. So I guess I get it. The decision, you yeah. know, they were probably like, okay, well, it sounds like he's got a good plan. He's got a, he's got a good support system. So he gets out in 2008. He was released, and so he did go back. He lived with his family. He was doing pretty well, working. He was attending church on a regular basis, so everything seemed to be going, I guess, as well as it could be. As planned. So in 2010, he's completely released from parole because there was no problems. He had demonstrated that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. So I swallowed a little hard on that one because... I know people that have had other crimes that had more parole time. Definitely. For drug-related crimes. Yep. It was was like, "Mm, two years. Two years. 
Okay. Okay, you haven't murdered anybody again in two years, so you're good. You're good. Mm -hmm. Best of luck, sir. Yeah. So in 2010, he's he's free. He's done his time. He's done his parole. Completely. No problems. No one's watching over him except Pastor Fred. Yep. It was a joyous time to be alive. And the Lord, of course. And the Lord, yes. A joyous time, and of course, as as you might be wondering, Gregory meets another little lady at church. Um, So he he does meet a woman. And this woman actually happens to be Pastor Fred Harris's daughter. It's a, it's his. Oh. So Gregory starts to, to fall for the pastor's uh, daughter. The good old pastor's daughter. Her name's Faith Harris. Okay. They met at church. They started sure. to like each other. He falls for her. She falls for him. And daddy saved him. Yeah. So Yeah. And so know. he was thinking Greg's a good guy. He's proved that he was going to do what he said he was going to do. Yeah. And she's like, she's probably thinking, my dad has advocated for this guy. He's a good guy. He must be a good guy. I'm sure that that's kind of how it played out. Yeah. You know, um, because wow. like we had said. That, that two years when he was released, he did well. Yeah. Didn't even get in a fight over a TV. No, like. he was able to to not do that again. And so Faith and, and Gregory end up, they start to date. Um, they fall in love. And Faith also, I will mention, had two older children already. Her, um, the children's names, her son was Chatney and her teenage daughter's name was Kara. Okay. So they were a little bit older, but they lived with their mom as well. And so they all got to know Gregory, I too. I wondered if the pastor's daughter was then a little bit older, too, because, you know, he's yes. now been you know, 16, 17 years. Well, yeah. 18, yeah. actually. Quite 18 a bit of years time has gone on. The- and I'm not sure what happened, like, to her previous husband or if she was even married. I shouldn't assume. Um, sure. So, but the children lived with, with Faith, and they all got to know Gregory through church because they all were attending attending on a regular basis. Right. So on December 18th of 2010, Faith and Gregory got married. Okay. And they were married for several years. I think things obviously started out very well. They were going great. And the couple end up having two daughters. Oh. Their names are Koi and Kaylee. Oh, okay. I like Koi is K-O-I. I thought that was a cute, I like that. A unique name. It is unique. It's pretty. So they have the two daughters. And then, as you might wonder trouble starts to arise in the relationship so gregory starts to exhibit some violent tendencies Mm. um there's domestic violence that's starting to happen Mm -hmm. so faith then questions if she wants to stay in this relationship much as what we saw happen before this this sounds familiar amber yep to about 30 minutes ago it's i'm seeing a pattern here Mm -hmm. So it's weird how social workers say past behavior often predicts future behavior. Absolutely. Mm. So she had even, she attempted to file for divorce at one point and he was able to woo her back in sure. as we, that as we song see. and dance. Yep. The statistic is seven times. And so Faith actually ends up applying for a restraining order for Gregory in 2013 and this oh, so they're married in 2010 and mm-hmm. two, by 2013 we're at the point and that's of restraining really not order. a lot of time it's not uh-uh and so the the restraining order was denied on the grounds of insufficient evidence so she didn't get the restraining order oh, no. and she does end up filing for divorce i was unclear if it was two or three times because she made several attempts okay. so i think at one point um one of the div- the attempts to file the paperwork didn't go through. He was end up 
he ended up wooing her back in okay. again, and so it didn't. They let it go. Yeah, mm-hmm. so she probably just didn't yep. bother to carry on with it. So then later on that year, she did try to file for divorce again, and this is what she had stated in the application. We're filing for divorce. He's being belligerent, kicking things, just kicking and threatening me, saying if I leave, things are going to get ugly. He jumped me like he was going to attack me. This went on for hours. Mm. So she, I mean, the things are getting bad. Yeah. He's violent. He's aggressive. And he has a history of murdering his wife. And there is that. By the way. I forgot. There I is probably that would too. have led with that. Like she put, she should have put that in her application. Just yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry, but oh, I don't want to get caught. He murdered his right. wife. Right. So I shouldn't, I'm not, no disrespect at all. I don't mean any. Like I said, two or three attempts to file. Um, they never fully went through, but Faith was at the point where she was really going to leave him. She was ready to be out of this relationship. And so in fear that Faith was going to leave, and he also had this really um, heavy paranoia and suspicion that Faith was cheating on mm. him, which I'm not even surprised to hear that with no, everything else, with the me domestic neither. violence. I mean, that's such it's a just big... justification for why he's doing what he's yep. doing. So he's very, very suspicious that that's mm. either why she's leaving or, you of know, course. He, she's having an affair. Be, well, it can't be about him. Of course It's not. nothing. He's done wrong. She must she, be. There's another man. Yep. So Gregory decided that he was going to take things into his own hands. So early morning, and it, it was either... Early morning or evening, I saw both, so I'm not sure. I'm almost leaning toward evening after hearing some of the statements um, in court. But So it was September 21st of 2016. So these battles went on for a couple years once the domestic violence started. We're talking like three years of probably trying to get away, filing, going back. Being pulled back. Mm -hmm. So September 21st of 2016, Faith Harris Green found herself bound with duct tape and zip ties in the basement of their home in mm. Dearborn, Dearborn Heights, Michigan, which I didn't know if I had mentioned that that was the city. No, I was wondering where we were. We got off at, on the, you yeah. know, the bagels and the... Mm-hmm. Good <laughs> so old it was, Dearborn, it was Dearborn Heights. Been there lots of times. So, and, and that's just outside of Detroit for anybody that's not familiar. So her foot had been shot and her face mm. slashed with a box cutter across the face. And I want to um, just give the details of that now. Faith still has a pretty significant star- scar from this. He caught her like, uh, I hate to make reference, but like Joker style. Okay, yeah, like, yeah. And pretty deeply. Yep. Okay. So it was oh. not just a, you know, a slash. It was a deep cut across her face. So she survives? Because you she, said she still has a cut. She does. Or a scar. She does survive. Wow. And we can say that right off the bat. Wow. She does survive. So he, he tortured her before he went on to commit his other acts. Um, I don't know for how long, but obviously he, you know, was was horrible to her. So she's duct taped. She's, she's bound, bound. She's been cut on her face. Mm-hmm. And he shot her in the foot. And then shot her, and he shot her in the foot. Yeah. Okay. So next what Gregory does is he he taped a plastic tube to the, the exhaust of his car and rigged it up to, like, come back into the car. And he put the two younger children in the mm-hmm. vehicle. And Coy and, and Kaylee. Kaylee. Yep. He puts them in the car and then leaves them there. 
And it makes me so sad. Amber. It's, it's so hard. Kaylee was four and Koi was five at the time of their deaths. They did die from the carbon monoxide poisoning. Oh, I hate this guy so much. I know. If you want to, like, know what a human form of a turd is, it's this yes. man. He's with, horrible. Yes. With undigested corn. Yes. It's one of those corn. turds. The pass-through vegetable Absolutely. Corn. And I just, of course, as I'm reading these things, I can't imagine how scared they were. They probably didn't know what was going yeah, of on. Of course not. Did and they get out of the car? I'm not really sure, but oh, they, no, they ended up dying. Not. He probably put them in their car seats. Probably. Oh, my gosh. I didn't think of that. He probably did. Oh, those babies. So that is how Koi and Kaylee, um, they they die, obviously, from the, the poisoning. And I just want to point out that this that means that he killed Pastor Fred's grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Pastor Fred, who advocated so heavily yes. for him. Yes. Attempted to kill his daughter and tortured her and then succeeded in killing his, his grandchildren. grandchildren. Hmm. Yep. It's so, it's just so heart sinking, mm-hmm. all of this. So Faith's two teenage children, um, these are Gregory Green's stepchildren. Yep. They were with her in the basement and this is hard. <laughs> so she had to watch them die <gasps> as Gregory uh, shot them both execution style. He kills in front her. Of, in front of Older her. children. Oh my mm-hmm. God. All of her babies? All of them. He killed all of her babies. Now, this this act of him shooting them in front of her, this was a punishment for Faith because she was going to leave and she was cheating on him. So this was um, made to be a punishment. She had to watch them die. Oh, my um, God. He shot them both in the back of the head, execution style, three times each. Okay. You're right. Like, every time we do a case, it, it we one up the other person's case. I know. It's You're like, this is the worst thing that could happen and then it that gets worse. right there is the worst thing that could happen to a mother. I have to say this. I don't know if I would want to live through that. Me neither. Shoot I really, me. I would struggle so much. Nope. Turn the gun right on me. Yeah. I don't. I don't. I, I just, I, my heart just sinks so deeply into my bowels. That is, it does. Like, that is, that's a mother's worst mm-hmm. And that was the first right there. thought. I mean, because. And we, father. I mean, honestly, any parent's worst nightmare. Absolutely. Like, Absolutely. Just right there in front of, oh my God. And then whatever, whoever the second child was knew, had to, had to watch it's the first yeah. one and know that they're next. They're next. And, oh my And you God. just, I, I don't know if you do this, but I do this all the time. I probably shouldn't, but you just kind of like get into that moment yeah. as you're reading and you picture how yeah. horrific it must have been. I think it's the empathy, the empath in us. Like we, we have so much empathy mm. for people. And I just feel Except like. Except for killers. Because yeah. if you've ever listened to this podcast, you know we have no empathy for killers. And but he, he is a turd with corn. I yeah. mean, we established <laughs> right. that. He's a corn turd. And <laughs> but yeah, I'm just like how I can't, I couldn't even grasp like what it would be to watch that happen. Um, to And like you said, to be the sibling watching that happen. I just, it's and hard for me. He, did he leave them there and then go deal with the younger ones so she had to sit with her babies? Her, You know, so after he shoots the children, Gregory actually, um, I don't know if he ever went back to check on the other two or if they were just left in the car. Because okay. they, um, actually, I, I, correction, he did place them in their beds after. So I'm oh. not, the timing on that, I'm not sure if he went back, placed them in the beds, if he did that first and then zip-tied Faith that order I was not clear on. So thank okay. you for saying that because he did end up taking them out of the car and they, they were put in their beds. So if that was first or if that was like after the other two, I'm not yeah, entirely right. sure. But after he does 
kill the older children. He um, he does what he what he did before. He calls nine one one. He tells them exactly what he did, and he waits for them to get there calmly. Oh, shit. Again, he told the officers he had shot his entire family. He told them where they were. They walked into what they said was like the most horrific scene that they've ever you know, come up on the children. Of course. In the basement. The- All of the children. Yeah. Four babies. Mm-hmm. And then Faith also was still zip tied and, and tied up. He did not set her free. Right. Um, and she was in pretty horrible shape herself. Obviously her face was cut. Right. Um, and her, she, she's, her foot is shot. She's in shock. Yeah. And so she, she does go on in, in her statement to describe like how, how horrible this cut was it was so deep that she had extensive and still does have extensive nerve damage in her oh I'm sure face from this cut so I mean I'm sure that she was in the worst shape ever Mm -hmm. when the police arrived so Gregory was calm he told them what he had done he didn't put up a fight the police put him in handcuffs and he apparently didn't say anything else during this time you know as the police go in and see a, a, a horrible slaughter for lack of better words yes there aren't. There is no other way to describe that. No, and I just my heart goes out to people that respond to crime scenes, yep. first responders, Me or police. Too. Me too. I don't even know how you do it. I couldn't. No, and for this one, they would have known. I mean, because he admitted what he did. I just shot my whole family. They know they're about to come on to something. Oh yeah, just horrific, and it was probably still worse than what they could have even imagined. Absolutely. If you know what you're there. going into, it's mm-hmm. like. Uh, so Faith, as we said, she did survive the attack. She was rushed to the hospital. She spent quite a bit of time in intensive care recovering sure. from her injuries, too. Um, the part that hurts me the most is, like, she survived, and then she was released without her children. Yeah. And I was just, that, that was another part that had me thinking, like, my gosh, this woman had to fight for her own life. And she and then she can't go back to her life because her life is gone. Yeah. It is completely gone and changed and and she doesn't have a husband. I mean, not that she, uh, yeah. I mean, I know she was trying to get away from him and, and everything too, but like, she's completely alone. She's completely what I'm alone. She is released. I don't know where she went. You know, I didn't get those details, but she's released out of the hospital with nobody to go home to. Mm-hmm. And that hurts me mm-hmm. for her. Gregory pled guilty to his crime. And it sounds like he wasn't really trying to like put up a fight about things. He just wanted to get it over with. I think he knew he was going back to prison. Same old song like, and I dance. Did, I did it. Let's, let's get this over with. A psychological assessment found Green fit to stand trial. And, again, he, he pleaded guilty to second-degree murder. Um, actually, what he pled guilty to was second-degree murder, torture, and assault with intent to do great bodily harm. Still no first degree. Right? Doesn't that... It gets what? me. I have so many questions. This was in February of 2017. On March 2017, he was sentenced to 45 to 100 years in prison. Not even fucking life. And I'm going to get to that because what I'm going to read you a little bit of what Faith, her statement that she made in his during his sentencing. And at the, the very end of it, she specifically requests that he get life without the possibility of parole. Absolutely. And, and that was not at granted. A, at a minimum. Like mm-hmm. I imagine a lot of our listeners are like, I'm sorry, why not the electric chair? Mm-hmm. So that one was really hard for me. Given his first offense and what he did and the nature of this one just being just so he is literal he is a habitual offender and has now killed I mean children most of his victims were children yes he actually only killed one adult he attempted to kill two yeah 
I didn't mean only. It's not like her yeah, life I'm was sure only. That I just faith meant was left for dead. I mean, yeah, there was probably yeah. every intent to yeah to to take her life. Or maybe as well. some sick part of her. I mean, we're talking about domestic violence. Maybe some sick part of him did want her to live through that. And that's why he shot her in the foot instead of the head. Because mm-hmm. that I mean, <sighs> living without your kids is it's the worst pain of yep. all. So now that I mean, and I never read that, but. I think one would assume that yeah. that probably was yeah, his intention. That, I now think that, that is a, a reasonable thought process to yeah. follow there for him. Ugh, it's just so sickening. So at the sentencing, Gregory heard his now ex-wife. They did grant her the divorce. Which oh, thank, how, thank how the nice Lord. of yeah, them. Now they're, now they're like, cool. okay. You're right. We'll allow it. I guess we believe all your previous statements. Yeah, yeah. I guess there's enough evidence now, you know. Perhaps. For that restraining We're still order. not sure if maybe the girls just put themselves in the car and then laid themselves in the bed, but whatever. Right. So, okay. So this is what Faith read to, this is just a snippet of what she read at his sentencing. She said, justice will come to you when you burn in hell for all of eternity for murdering four innocent children. You're a con artist. You're a monster. You're a devil in disguise. You are now forever exposed. Um, I watched her make the the statement in this um, in the sentencing, and it's so surreal to watch because she has no emotion, and mm-hmm. I I would have been like uh, ugly crying, mm-hmm. like snotty sobbing, and she reads it. I don't know if it's the trauma, and she like literally had to disattach. Yeah, because that's what I was yeah. thinking. Because I'm watching Disassociate her read it. herself from it. Yes, and the the statement is powerful. Mm-hmm. It is, and you see people crying in the background, but she's nothing. Nothing. Wow. And it is, I, I, that was my only conclusion. Like she must've had to disattach for that day. Yeah. Otherwise yeah. I don't know how she would have made Mm-mm. it through it. Right. But it's just, it was hard to watch. Cause it's like, she's reading this. She read in detail about like what she's gone through with her own, you know, problems from what he's done to her. And it's Phys- hard. Physical and psychological. I mean, it made me tear up just listening to yeah. it. Gregory's in his hideous green jumpsuit um with his back to her and I kept thinking like they should have made him turn around yeah because she is really not far from him in the courtroom and he's sitting there like with back with his back turned was that at her request do you think or was he able to it was like our fritzel guy who was allowed to hold the three ring binder up during the whole court proceeding in front of his face yeah Maybe it was her request. I'm not really sure because I didn't think of that side. It might have been hard for her to see him yeah. after all of that. But mm. she was actually in pretty close proximity to him wow. reading. So strong. Gregory Green made attempts at showing remorse for his shocking behavior, telling the court, and I quote, I feel bad for how this has deeply impacted everyone. And may God help them. May God help me. But the the words, I think, were hard for people to believe at that point. I don't know that there was much remorse at this point for Gregory. And the judge said to Gregory during a sentencing, fathers are supposed to protect their children. Husbands are supposed to protect their wives. Your actions are inconceivable. Absolutely. So I think, you know, one of the things that I read and, you know, piecing together articles is that concern that he did get the, the 45 to 100 years and and there's fear that well what if he gets out on good behavior again that's just it like when you have a sentence like that that leaves it open that leaves it open for a you know 16 years down the line a brand new parole board exactly to have empathy for him. so i think i mean that was that was something that was raised he is supposedly um he will not be eligible for parole until he's 97 
Okay, because he was born in 1966. I almost want him to get out then, like to live yeah. that long and then have nothing to get yeah. out to. Like, who are you? Everyone's Sorry, that's gonna, vicious everyone's going to be gone. Right. And there you go. Except no one will remember necessarily the things he may be able to manipulate and... Yeah. So that was a fear that I had read that, you know, there's that there's no guarantee he's going to stay in there his whole life because that no. was not what he was sentenced. That is just that is unbelievable to me. But he still wasn't sentenced life, even with the possibility of parole not being until he's 97. OK, so why not just make it make sure and just give him the life sentence? Ex- exactly. Like the without possibility of parole just ensures that he is going to stay yep. where he needs to be yep. until for he the dies. rest of his life. Because he is more than proven he cannot be on the streets. So when, you know, when we look at this, it's just like twice now. It's just, how does this happen? You want to talk about a crime that's preventable. This is it. Not only did he have a history, but then with his, coupled with his history, his new current wife was trying to petition for a, a PPO, you know, protective orders and divorce and things like that and it wasn't happening it wasn't being granted so and the kicker with that too like you said she was trying to get a restraining order she was trying to file for divorce to against someone who had already murdered another person for trying the same thing they should have been like that's trying to leave they should have been like it's that's yes it's just it's mind-blowing to me like Um, i said this was a hundred percent preventable You've really, you really brought it this on one this hurts. one. It does. it does. This one is, I don't like that it's a Michigan case. I know. I know. We have wonderful lakes and sand dunes and beautiful trees and pretty fair weather. And turds. For like three weeks out of the year, but. And a couple turds. Yeah. <laughs> and then some real shit bags. Yeah. So oh. I'm going to, before we wrap this emotional roller coaster up, I'm going to talk a little bit about faith. Um, okay. I want to read a little bit more about kind of what she she describes herself going through. I believe this was another one from the uh, the sentencing, the, the speech that she did there, the okay. statement. She said, sometimes I dream of the night all this happened and I wake up screaming and sweating, thinking that I can save my children somehow. Then I realize that the nightmare is actually reality and that my children are really gone. I try to find strength to start my day somehow. So in 2016 at the the children's funerals, Faith, she she was it was too hard for her to speak. I think from what I've seen just from the very few things where she's been like in the the news, um she does better with the letters. Like mm-hmm. she can read the letter mm-hmm. and disattach versus yeah. like I'm going to make a statement. The free speech. Mm-hmm. So she did make statements about her children. I just wanted to share those because you know, these are the victims in in yeah. this case. This is what she said about her 19-year-old son, uh, Chadney Allen Jr. He was a strong, unique, and smart young man who loved giving his mother tight hugs. The 2015 graduate from Southfield High School recently completed a certificate in digital media arts from Specs Howard. He was good at art with his work once exhibited in the General Motors building in downtown Detroit. Cara Allen, she called her Cara Bear. Kara or Kara, I'm not sure mm-hmm. exactly how to pronounce it, was creative, beautiful, confident, and a go-getter, an accomplished student. The 17-year-old Southfield High, high School senior was on the school newspaper 
cheer team, and National Honor Society. She wanted to be a doctor. Five-year-old Koi, Princess Koi as they called her, <laughs> loved wearing her dresses and getting her hair done, and she loved to be the center of attention. <laughs> Sounds like she was a little diva. Mm-hmm. And four-year-old Kaylee, known as Sweet Pea, was glued Aww. to my hip. The youngster who went to, to St. Sebastian Catholic School in Dearborn, Dearborn Heights with Sister Koi loved the water and loved to sing. Oh, so I just, oh, you know, sweet babies. I just I wanted to mention them and I can't yeah. imagine having to say those things at the, the nope. funeral. Um, Faith, I, I think about 2018 was the last time I had seen anything from her. She did a, a news interview, like a local news station, which is also so surreal that it was like, like I recognized the person from watching the news back in the day. Oh, yep. Um, yeah. You know, she did sit down and talk to someone about how difficult it still is for her. She has really bad days. She does yeah. struggle with depression. Um, she of has flashbacks. She yeah. So I just, I truly hope that she's still getting help. Um, I don't think you can ever fully recover from no. something like that, but at least no finding way. some peace, yep. you know. Somehow. I do hope that she's found that, but I think she's kind of stayed out of the the media eye after everything happened and I don't blame her me at neither. all me neither she's really probably just still trying to figure out how to live yeah with, with witnessing that and then dealing with the losses oddly the pastor that advocated for Gregory so heavily that first uh, time around has not made any statements about what what has happened I don't know if he is still alive now no. I'm not sure but there was all nothing of his mentioned. grandchildren were murdered by this man I would gather he had a tremendous amount of guilt. I don't know how you couldn't. I know. I'm, as, mm-hmm. I'm assuming that, but mm-hmm. there was nothing that he ever said after I all see. of this happened. Yeah. So, Well, what is there to say besides yeah. I was my horrifically bad. wrong and now my family is suffering? Mm-hmm. And I think the reason, because this one had me thinking a lot afterwards, but I think the reason it's so important that some of that history comes out about Greg Gregory mm-hmm. and what happened to lead him to being this type of person yeah. is, you know, this is something that maybe could have been prevented. It's, I mean, we can't look back now and say like, well, what if, but people, you know, that information is valuable because maybe these things could be prevented in the future. In the future I yeah. would never ever victim shame here, but what if she would have maybe known some things to look for before, yeah, before she married him, before who's to say? And, but and we don't know what story he was spinning to her about the circumstances of his first absolutely. wife's death and his sixteen years, uh, you know. So absolutely, I uh, just, but still, yeah, I just feel like this one. She's should be, right though, Mister Gory Green. You're gonna rot in hell, man. I hope that he does. It's a horrible thing that he did, and it's a horrible thing that he left her to live with. Yep. Yep. Do, so. you, do you have a brain bath? Because that was so ick. So I do have a good little uh, brain bath for you to lighten things up because I know that case was a doozy. It was. It was. Give it me was one. hard. Hit me with it. So just the title will probably bring you some joy. Okay. Um, it says, 346-pound man punches Domino's pizza guy for forgetting his garlic knots, cops say. Oh, shit. I just said hit me with it. <laughs> And then it's a punching thing. It's really, yep, it's really a, a punching one. Okay, I'm going to say, though, have you ever had Domino's garlic knots? They are phenomenal, oh, so I get it It is carb heaven right there. So, I would be mad, too. Not too. that it's worth the violence, but I would be upset. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I would make a snide comment, and his, my face would say, I'm really disappointed yeah. in you. I'd be but like, I, you get back there, and you yeah, get those knots. Bring, bring mama her knots, but I don't think I'm punching him. 
That's a big dude, too, to be laying a punch. On probably some poor teenage driver. Does it say anything? So, it says, whoever wrote this has a little bit of a sense of humor. I always love that. Remember those Domino's pizza ads in which they were all sorry about their shitty pizza and promised to make things better? (laughs) Well, one Vero Beach man ain't buying it. According to police... According to a police report, a Domino's pizza delivery man forgot to bring 48-year-old, 346-pound Robert Wheeler. Did they really have to add his weight Probably in? not. <laughs> Other than to show you how much the punch probably hurt. Right. So, forgot to bring the knot, the garlic knots along with the pizza he ordered. So, Robert punched, allegedly punched the Domino's guy in the face. Now, the mugshot, I have to say is my favorite part because they titled it. There's a little caption at the bottom. It says still waiting on them garlic knots. <laughs> and he's just looking like, Oh like yeah. Really disappointed. Squinty eyed. He looks like Santa. If Santa had made some bad decisions in life. He, oh my gosh. He does. He really, and really he, does. His face is saying like, I, I want my garlic knots. Still waiting on my knots. Even just talking about them. Like I want them now yeah, because they're too. so delicious. Yes. Me too. So. Shame on him for punching someone, but yeah. he, you know, I, I get but the I mean, the frustration. I'm not saying he's wrong, but. <laughs> well, guys, we are looking for a student intern to run our social media accounts. So if you know anybody who needs an internship, email us, crimecurious at yahoo.com. Yes. Follow us on social media. Feel free to share us, comment, all those things. Help us rate and review us. We're in August going to do a giveaway for some of our reviewers. So it's going to be hear so your fun. Name if you win. And yeah, so all the great things. And until next time, we'll see you on Thursday, guys. Bye-bye. Bye.